1: Jen and Julian, you are listening to episode twenty-four of X Appeal, and I am having Braxton Hicks contractions. <laughs> um, that is a fact.
0: Yeah, change of uh, scenery today. We're at Jen's house.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well, as you can see, th- shit's not done yet. So I'll just—I want to make that clear before anybody. Do you want to for the people who train, see?
0: Do you want to see that you have a chair in
1: the judgey train? And, so uh, okay, as you can see, no I have a—I have Sophie's. Um, Ramp to get (laughs) on the the couch that doesn't exist. So thank you. Shipping delays. Thank you. Holidays. Whatever this is. Thank you. Macy's. You guys suck. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you do like we, we, this couch, we literally ordered it in May and they said, Oh yeah. Okay. So this won't be here until August. Mm -hmm. August turned into October and now October is turning into December. So we're not going to have a couch.
0: But you see, what I don't understand is like December. There's so many places we can buy a couch. And like if I had to wait a month, two months for my couch, I would have canceled the order and just gone. Well, through. I'm not
1: doing this again. Like there's, if, there's so many. If it's delayed one more time, I'm going to restoration hardware or I'm going to go. some boutique where you probably have to pay out of your ass. No, to listen, get a not couch too far
0: to from here. You have a restoration hardware outlet. And you have amazing yeah, but couches for like the, two grand. They have the
1: color that we want. They
0: have they have like thirty.
1: Look, we Pick have one. we have an entire system back here, and we're looking for a dark blue couch. So uh, anybody who's listening, if you have a dark blue couch that you want to get rid of, that doesn't have any stains on it,
0: you know the help same a sister out. The same thing is actually happening to me too. Um, I ordered an Iron Man helmet in January of 2021 and i still haven't received oh
1: it. i really feel your pain
0: yeah so i, I really, actually i really know what you're going
1: through. i'm really sad i'm really sorry i miss to
0: halloween i didn't really have my, my iron man helmet it's an iron man helmet that like opens up electrically and five? all that stuff how old are you i'm 32 <laughs> I'm A proud iron man fan
1: what'd <laughs> you do for halloween then
0: um i worked I worked most nights because I was working, and it was like, uh, work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We had like okay. those big events, like marshmallow and all that stuff spinning. Uh, and I dressed up as trash.
1: I saw that yeah. I, you dressed up as your ex. Yeah, right? so I, like, I, was, I had a trash bag ex. on top of
0: me, like on me, and then I had your ex written on it because your ex is trash.
1: I love that. There you
0: go. Yeah, you'd be. Su- I was surprised the amount of people who. Agreed with They're my like, costume. Same girl. Yeah, it's like oh my god, that is so my ex. Can I take a picture?
1: Yep. If you were single, that'd be a good way to pick up the the ladies. That's but all I'm saying.
0: You know what? Like, um, my dad always says, "I know where you're trying. to We just didn't do the single stuff." <laughs> yeah, but we'll get back to it. Okay. My dad always said, like, you should never talk shit about your ex.
1: No, I, I think it's I think it's a good idea to not talk shit about your ex, you know? especially in front of a new person.
0: Yeah, but just generally speaking, because if you think about it, you. S- you, you dated them. them. So if you should talk about them, then what does
1: that say about you? Yeah. What does that judgment? say about you have
0: shit taste? There mm-hmm. you go. So it that's says exactly more about so you should talk about your ex. You know,
1: that's exactly what it says. But- also, you shouldn't talk shit about your ex in front of the new, the new person, because we pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, of course. I don't know if you know this, but like, you know, when I'm, when I'm dating somebody, if it's somebody new, um, then if, if I hear them talking shit about their ex girlfriend, I'm like, well, is, are you going to be saying these same things about me someday? <laughs>
0: so you're already thinking of when you guys are going to be ex? yeah that's nice that's what i think about whenever that's i start nice. to <laughs> yeah. date
1: somebody i think about how it's going to end that's a great <sighs> attitude going in
0: do you care by the way because i like i know in my relationship i never ask about the ex i could not care less their is for am, a reason i'm and so like,
1: intrigued really i've asked jared a thousand times about his dating history and he won't give it up like he he just maybe it's because he knows better I don't know, but he just, he won't tell me those kinds he of details. Yeah, and I want to so know, like, funny. I want to know everything. Like, I want to know, like, was the sex good? Like, you know, uh, what does she do for a living? <laughs> um, is she more successful than me? Is she smarter than me? Is she, <laughs> is she taller than me? Is she skinnier and prettier she's, than it, me? She's,
0: it's not, it's, she's not I want to know, picture. I
1: want to know everything. All the dirty details. You don't want to know that stuff?
0: So it's funny because I have the exact same, does he ask you? Well,
1: I kind of willfully give it up, which is is not a good idea.
0: So uh, I say too much. My my girl, she, you know, like she one day I think she said something she's like, if we're ever in a room and there's a girl around us that you slept with, I want to know. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, no. Like, what does it bring to But no, no, she said she wants to know, so I will say it. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm just like doesn't matter. Like I'm with you. I, I don't care about this person. I'm not. Yeah. You know, but yeah. is she
1: asking from a place of like morbid curiosity, or is she asking because she just wants to know, like who she is?
0: Probably. Wh- I mean, listen. I understand. I can understand how, like, you know, you, you know, let's say you you you're, you're at a party, and then you're chit chatting with this one person, and you guys really like each other, and then you find out that person, like, you know, had sex with your current boyfriend and like they dated i could see how i'd be like ah yeah you know, i get that i get that but like if we're in a random party and there's 50 people in and this is one girl that i slept with and we're not even talking to her i, I to me again if she wants to know i will tell her i'm an open book but i don't to me it's like <sighs> it just like and me i don't want to know i don't care it's like whatever so you your wouldn't ex- want to
1: know who she who she slept with in the room you wouldn't be even a little curious
0: no unless it's really important but to me it's like you know if, if there's something she wants to share about her ex no problem you know we can talk about it because I'm on, i understand it's an ex and and, and stuff and if is you know especially if it has anything to do with how she handles our relationship absolutely but i'm not i'm generally not really curious about what'd you guys do? How was the sex? Uh, how does he look? All and, of and it. Also. <laughs> But I do know that one of her ex, I guess, is like some, some, some like douchebag. And that, uh, I guess um, when, you know, I, I, I guess I look better. So it's kind of like, um, okay. So it's nice like a nice win in a sense ego. for me. Yeah. It's, it's like validation nice. for you. So this, I don't mind.
1: Right, no, I mean, as long as it goes that way, it yeah, goes the other well, yeah. way. If she was, it's if if like Chris Hemsworth, I'd be like, and, yeah, Jesus Christ, and he yeah,
0: like did you a, this man?
1: a massive schlong. Then maybe, then maybe you wouldn't want to know that information is on set.
0: Massive schlong, no, because it's too big. It's not good. Oh God! And I don't have a small schlong, so I'm a small I'm schlong? good. A
1: <laughs> so
0: I'm not no complaints. I, it's not massive, but it's good. I'm six It's proportionate.
1: So you're right. You're yeah. not a kickstand. Um, no,
0: kickstand? I've never heard that before. <laughs>
1: You've never heard that? No. Or a tripod?
0: A tripod, yeah. A third yeah. leg. Yeah. I heard baby's arm, too. Yes. Baby's arm. I like baby's kick stand. arm. Kickstand. It's really uh, it's, um.
1: Well, let's not talk about my baby, okay? <laughs> let's not... <laughs> but, if, but while you're asking, yes, he does have... A penis? He is gifted, apparently.
0: I'm, you can't tell shit at that's that age. That's what the
1: ultrasound tech said. She was like, oh. And then she she pointed it out and she said, all mm. right, okay.
0: Oh, so little.
1: She said, it's not small. And I'm like, well, that's great. He's hung. That's it must awesome. Be all the, it must be all the burritos that I've been eating myself.
0: <laughs> so basically, no, you're not talking about. No, you ask him about his ex. He doesn't I really want him to all the time share much. Not, he
1: doesn't say anything. He, he's, he's like, you know, I mean, he'll say like bits and pieces, but we don't talk about She's it. He's
0: like me. Do you get yeah. mad?
1: I get like weirdly. This is weird. Okay. But I'm going to say it. I get like weirdly jealous slashed, maybe a little turned on by uh, it. just because I'm like, Ooh, there's competition. Yeah. He's dated some pretty girls I before. i like, you know, that means that makes him like, okay, okay. Like now I have to maybe try a little harder. You know, I kind of, it's it's yeah, a big, it's a big competition thing. I can't explain where that comes from.
0: But you do realize that it's somewhat weird that like you ask a question to your man. He doesn't want to answer. <laughs> you force him to answer. And then you you get at, mad no, at I, the it's answer. Never, like, it's
1: never mad. It's never mad. Okay. I never get mad. I okay. always want to know. Okay. And I'm always prepared for the answer. Okay. Um, you know, listen i know he's dated girls who were like super successful like uh, like he's dated several like high powered lawyers mm-hmm. he had a girlfriend who he lived with for seven years okay who his mother still talks to Ooh. and still has the semi, but it's like a friendly relationship it's like it's almost like you know if god forbid jared and i ever broke up i can see her and i still talking okay. you know what i mean yeah well especially um, she's cause just cause like a nice person carry like his that.
0: baby so yeah, yeah she, <laughs> that's, <hope> <laughs> that's true talked.
1: yeah that's true um, so it's, it's, it's not, uh, anything that makes me upset. Yeah. But sometimes he gets upset whenever I talk about my exes. Mm. Um, and I think it's just like, you know, I don't want to hear about it. Cause I know that you guys have been intimate and like, I don't want to imagine those details. Do, so here's yeah, my question. That. Do guys get more jealous about the physicality of it all? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think so. Okay.
0: It's the idea of like some other dude, like effing your girl you know
1: yeah but everybody has a past
0: no i get it but that's the one thing they're like we're not really we don't really care about like knowing about this and then if we know it's just gonna be like "Eh." because we like knowing that this is ours right it's like this is ours it's like an ownership thing yeah it's like this is mine
1: i I just want it noted that in the how many minutes have we been talking right now Mm -hmm. 18 minutes It's gone from 36% to 22%. Yeah,
0: your uh, laptop is trash.
1: It's spiraling. (laughs) That's why I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When will you ever say, Jen, you know what? You're right.
0: Yeah, I get it. But like I, for those of you who listen, I had to drive here to set up her setup because as we all know, uh, she's about to give birth. So we're going to start doing a few episodes remote. So Jen has a home setup.
1: Yeah, so I appreciate the the sacrifice. No problem. Driving to Playa Vista. Hell yeah. In the so middle of a construction zone, which it, has been really quiet, yeah. thank God. Yeah, they were Hopefully they won't start up again in the middle of us talking to Dr. Justin Garcia from the Kinsey Institute. Who is coming. to talk
0: to us about what? Single studies?
1: So every year, the Kinsey Institute does this big Singles in America study. And before they, you know, obviously last year we were like right in the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So uh, things were much different than they are now. So I'm curious uh, what's changed. And... And what's new? Because he mentioned a couple of the trends and I'm like really interested in that. Okay. So, so let's... Did, wait, yeah. did you
0: have any... Talk to me about your dating. Oh, well, I guess you met Jared during the pandemic.
1: I met Jared during... Yeah, so so we went on... I met Jared during the pandemic. We went on like four um, FaceTime dates before we actually met in person. Yeah. And... Hey,
0: regarding our last podcast, did you end up uh, yep. doing the coconut oil
1: and... Not the coconut oil, but, but things have gotten better. You know, I've, I've I got, out of right? my, I got out of my head. Yeah. I'm was doing, that right? Yeah, you're right. Oh you're right. God, I, I got out of my it. head a little bit and.
0: They didn't make the whole relationship better.
1: I mean, it, it kind of like, it, it just, I get it. I, I get where you were coming from and where he's coming from it, as far as like feeling attractive and desired mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, and like sometimes, yeah, I might not feel sexy myself, but.
0: You got to give it to him. But the
1: lo- but he loves me and like yeah. he doesn't care what I look like. Which is amazing. Because like, you know, the reason I look like this is because I'm carrying his child. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. It's it's a I nice it's a nice to, release. I just have to get there mentally. And and to be honest, you know, not too much longer this.
0: That's it. At and also I told you it's going to be like
1: away. quick
0: quick little release.
1: That's yeah, fine. You know, it's quite it's fine.
0: You know, when I used to listen to I used to watch like Sons of Anarchy and yeah. I remember uh the, the woman, I think her name is Kate, the woman that plays yeah. her mom, his mom. Yes. What's her name? I forgot. Kate Siegel?
1: Kate Siegel. So
0: she has a line at some point to a new girl, a young girl that is joining the crew, right? Mm-hmm. And he, she's, she's in love with this one biker in the crew. And, and she ta- as they leave, the guys leave, she tells to the mom, she says to the mom, she goes, Oh, I hope he knows that I love him. And she looks at him, you know, she's like the old, like, yeah, she's like the old no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, And she goes like, oh, honey, men don't care about that. (sighs) She goes, "Men just want to be wanted and women want to be loved. And I remember hearing this and I was like, oh, And then I was like, wait, hold on. Hold on. Yes, that is so fucking true.
1: That's accurate.
0: I was like, wow, sons of anarchy pulling some deep, 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 (laughs) deep stuff on me.
1: Some deep uh, relationship wisdom.
0: So yeah, anyways, your your dating during the pandemic was very different.
1: It was different. Four yeah. Facetime dates. Yeah, we had four Facetime dates. Then we went out in per you know for for dinner in person outside, outside, <laughs> outside. Uh, and and uh, it, at first, I didn't believe that he was an ER doctor because I'm like, he's too cute. Like he's too cute. He's too like he's too funny. Can't have it all. Mm-hmm. God doesn't give people it all, you know. So. So we went out, yeah, and we had like a great time, and we had our first kiss that night. And I remember exactly how it happened. He was showing me gory uh, videos and pictures from his his like you know work,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and I was like, oh my god! I just just, I don't know. It just like made me like like all like ooh like super impressed that he can fix people. Yeah. And then we just like started making out. Uh, It you know after after watching like an X ray of Somebody's sticking something up their butt.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. Where would you make out?
1: Uh, I actually forget where it was now. Were you scared um, of
0: COVID? When you're making out When you're like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't
1: I was a little afraid of that. I was yeah. a little afraid of that. But, you know, he's very careful. Yeah, he, he never he got also, it. He never got COVID, you That's know, awesome. knock, on, knock on whatever this is.
0: Marble. marble uh
1: <laughs> So, yeah, during the, the entire time. So, That's so funny. Fast forward to, to now and it was, couldn't be better. Could not be better.
0: I remember having a pandemic like mid pandemic uh, at some point I I went on a date with someone and like our first date was at a park yeah because everything was closed yeah and you couldn't be indoors so we're just sitting in a park with like
1: dorks (laughs) like a couple of dorks just like what the (laughs) fuck is this (laughs) this is what people do like 30 years into marriage yeah they go to a a park and they sit and they feed birds, but you then know what I mean
0: but then we're like it's kind of nice because at the end of the day, like you're not intoxicated, you're midday, so you get to see what the person really looks like. You don't have alcohol to make you a little bit looser. So you kind of get to see, okay, do we are we at least comfortable yeah. enough?
1: Yeah, I think the pandemic really made people, I don't know, I mean, aware of what their future with somebody might be like. Yeah. Uh so let's let's, let's bring, bring in Dr. So Garcia know. to to tell us where things are going. Yeah. Amongst all the singles. Cool. Justin Garcia is the executive director of the Kinsey Institute, which we are privileged enough to work with. Uh, and, and coincidentally, Dr. Garcia was actually our first guest
0: ever, ever
2: yes. on
1: Ex Appeal. So, welcome back!
2: Thank you. I'm thrilled to be back, and it's an honor. I get uh, a double honor. I get to that. I get to come and see you both again. Um, <laughs> and thanks. I love the messages you're and the conversations you're having with people about. Our relationships and how important yes. they are, and complicated, and uh, satisfying, and, and weird, uh, yes, and all of those things at once.
1: And you guys, you guys have the fun job of researching all of it. Uh, so tell me, you have the Singles in America study that you do every year. First of all, tell me what that is.
2: Sure. So, um, so um, most of the time, my lab is here at the Kinsey Institute. I'm actually <laughs> here right now, um, which is on the Indiana University campus, and. Uh, For 75 years, the Institute has explored different aspects of people's romantic and sexual lives. And then one of the big projects that we do in my lab is called Singles in America. And for 11 years now, we've been working with Match at Match.com on understanding the attitudes and behaviors of U.S. singles. So there's um, well over a third of the adult population, over 100 million adults that are single at any given time, people moving in and out of romantic and sexual relationships. Okay. For over a decade, we've really been trying to better understand who those singles are and their attitudes, their behaviors, um, what's changing and what's staying the same in courtship, dating, singlehood.
0: And is single means non-married or or people that are in like in a two year relationship, they're considered, sing- they're not single.
2: That's a, uh, a really important methodological <laughs> point. So in our study, we, um, so what we do is we survey about 5,000 people and they're not people who necessarily are on match. So they're people, it's a, a national, what we call a demographically representative sample. So we use a third party company. We define single as being um, unmarried, not engaged, not cohabiting with a romantic partner. Um, so you could be casually dating um, one or more people, but you're not in a committed long-term relationship. Okay. But it's an important point because actually a lot of times when we look at government data, the census defines single as just being unmarried. Right. Um, so, so it's it, so often people will get very different statistics and numbers depending on what, okay, what population they're talking about.
0: Okay. So, somebody who's been in a relationship for two years but don't necessarily live together, they're not considered single, according to um, you
2: guys. So if they they're living together. No, they're not. The
0: <laughs> if they're not living together, but they're in a committed relationship for like two years, for example.
2: Yeah, we would say that they're partnered, so that we wouldn't consider yeah. them single. Okay.
1: Yeah. okay. All right. So these are people who are just casually dating Yeah. or fully single and aren't dating anybody. Exactly. All right. Well, that's very, very important to know. And I feel like, you know, you can take the rules of dating or the laws of dating and just throw them out the window over the last 18 months because, oh, yeah. you know, things are so dramatically different. So from, from the last Singles in America study that you did to this one, what's the biggest change?
2: Oh, gosh. So we... Uh, so the last one we did right in the peak of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and there was, um, it was really interesting. The big story was, was, of course, at the time that people were having less sex, right, really the immediate impact of COVID uh, was this decrease in sexual frequency. And we saw that in other studies at the Kinsey Institute. We saw it, saw it in our Singles in America data. Overall, these declines in sexual frequency, so people were having less sex. They were also reporting the quality of their sex life was lower overall. Um, And I think what was what was happening, but what was interesting is that in some of our data, people were adding to their repertoires. So although they were having less sex, they were adding other new things. But when we looked carefully what those were, a lot of them were for the first time ever talking to a partner about your sexual fantasies um, using sex toys. Early on, sex toy sales actually were on the rise. Um, So they weren't necessarily things that were really kind of wild in terms of adding to repertoires. A lot of it was. I mean, which I think is really interesting. So some couples or people who are even casually dating had never really turned to someone else and said, you yeah, know, this is something I've always wanted to try. Uh, so there Did
1: was- a, People were bored.
2: Well, exactly. you know, it was funny you say that. I, we, I, uh, well, sometimes we'll interview couples even when we do big data collection, single people and couples to make sure we're asking the right questions and, and what other things we, we want to think about when we design a survey. And I talked to this one married woman who was uh, in her early thirties, she has two kids. And she said, well, during COVID, my husband and I started having sex in the shower. Um, and I thought, like, oh, well, that's an interesting, you know, I- innovation. And is it because it was fun or it was thrilling? And she said, no, it's because the only time we had four minutes by ourselves. Was in the shower. <laughs> oh, that made me rethink some of the data. In terms
0: by of- the way, sex in the shower is really not dangerous. what it's advertised it's, in it movies. It is not as
1: sexy as people.
2: Oh, it's
0: so Difficult.
1: It's difficult. Like, I've I've fallen uh, face first. Really? Well, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm like, scary. <laughs> yeah, super scary. I know people have broken broken yeah, bones. Yeah, I'm sure. Like you need, you need a yeah.
0: big shower with a seat. Handles. Thing. Handles. Yeah, yeah handles exactly. There. You need to have the good. Like I've tried laying down so that you know I could be laying and and she could be on top of me <laughs> and I'm laying on the top? in water, no right. in the shower, and, and I'm just getting like chuck water. My I'm way too long, anyways. And so then it my, gets, and then it gets like no. too
1: hot, and you feel like you're gonna pass out, and it's just oh. not, yeah. And
0: also, yeah. you women, you guys want like boiling shower, and then yeah. us, we're just like, can we get it a little warmer, I can't less warm, anymore. please? Because yeah. it's burning right now. Yeah. You
1: know? so, but, but we digress. <laughs> we digress. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. So Water's okay. not
2: a great lubricant either. It's not. But-
1: a- <laughs> So, so people were ex- maybe doing a little more experimenting yeah. uh, during COVID and, but in like a, in a, I guess the best way they could, you know.
0: Yeah. I guess it's true because they had their kids 24,
2: 24 yeah. seven.
0: So it's true that you get no time.
1: Right. Exactly. Right.
2: And, and overall these declines were happening though, in terms of sexual behaviors and frequencies as the, is the larger pattern. So that's what we saw early on. And one way we thought of that is that so many people, and I think when we talked last time, so many people were really freaked out about the environment around them that, I mean, there's so many deaths, there was the economy, there was what was happening at work and school. That's not conducive to mating psychology, right? When the oh. you, when a building's on fire, you don't stop for a conversation. It's not, yeah. fear is not conducive for sociality, no less mating or, or sex or, or being intimate. So so then for this, for this next year, we said, okay, we've been in this thing a little bit longer and what can we capture in the last few months with our new data collection um, that might've changed? And so to Jen's original question, what's changed? Something really interesting is emerging in this year's data. And that's that um, it's sort of this emotional leveling up that we're seeing among single Americans. Um, it's, it's a, it's, I, I'm cautious about saying growing up because it is people of all age groups, but this emotional maturity Um, that I think is really interesting. So for instance, we ask people what you're looking for in a long term partner. And we know attraction is always in there and humor is in there. But um, what's really boiled to the top this year is someone who I can trust and confide in 84% of singles said that what they want most in a partner is someone they can trust and confide in.
1: Wow. As opposed to what they say last time.
2: Uh, the higher, what was higher last time, was so physically attracted. So in 2020, oh, 90, wow. 90% in 2020 said physically attractive. This year, only 78% said physically attractive because people were just prioritizing. They could choose multiple options, but we're prioritizing more trust, communication, someone who can communicate their wants and needs, someone who's open minded, open minded and accepting. Um, so it's just what we're what we're even looking for among the sing- samples of singles appears to be different
1: i I feel like that a lot of that comes from trauma like because if you've gone through a traumatic experience like a pandemic where it's isolating and you're unsure you've lost your job you know you've gone through this like emotional roller coaster that comes with something that's so unprecedented you're you're looking for somebody who you can share that experience with and trust that they're not going to like bail on you or stay by your side that's so interesting and
0: also probably you know your like loneliness hits you
1: yeah, Because now it's yeah. like
0: everything's closed. Bars are closed. Even like when the pandemic was really like when everybody was freaking out, yeah. we weren't even seeing our boys. Like I wasn't even seeing my guy friends. It's because yeah. oh, it. we never know. We never know. It's too complicated. And if we do, we would be like outside and stuff. So right. I could see how like it, it could make people realize that they they want a partner.
2: Yeah. What,
1: do you, what can you attribute to that?
2: Yeah, I, I actually, I think both of I think what you said are, is right. It's one of the things behavioral scientists will sometimes call post-traumatic growth. Um, And sometimes people, a lot of us know about this, um, sometimes things like cancer patients. After a really difficult time, they'll experience some emotional growth afterwards. They'll say, this has changed my relationships or my life outlook in really positive ways. Um, And I think that is, it was this global trauma that we all experienced. Even if you personally didn't have um, death or you weren't sick or just the world around us is shaking Mm -hmm. up. I I think Julian, like you said, I'm like, I'm ready to get together with my buddies again. And right. And to do some of that, our lives have changed so much that now for me uh, by training, I'm an evolutionary biologist. And one of the things I often think about is why did relationships evolve in the first place? Why do we have these intense bonds? And in, in many ways, what we're seeing is the very reason that the sort of intense romantic relationships evolved in our ancestors over four million years ago. Yeah, And that was to weather uncertainty, to have close partners that we can handle predators, stress, different environments, different food availability, that we could kind of raise a family uh, as a unit mm-hmm. to, to get through the, the dangerous complex world. Now, for the last few thousand years, the world's been more stable in many ways with industrialization and civilization. Um, And we experienced this massive traumatic event. And what we're seeing is people leaning towards intimate relationships. If you're single, you sort of want them. If you're in relationships now, the story of married people was close to 80 percent of married people in other data have said that the relationships actually improved. During this pandemic year,
0: yeah, really, because we
1: always hear stories yeah. about how marriages have been falling apart. People get and sick like of each and other. people
0: getting yeah, people getting separated after four yeah. years just because like they can't take the partner. So I was about literally about to ask. I'm like,
2: it's interesting. And I think what we see is so you see some cases like when when you were talking to Dr. Zoe Peterson, these some cases of domestic violence or or relationships that they really struggled during the pandemic. Yeah. Those those things issues got exacerbated. And some people who had problems, they were like, it was like light through the cracks, as, as my colleague Esther Perel says, right? That you really could start to see these problems. But for most people, we leaned on our partners. The very reason that we formed partnerships in the first place, right. that social support. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people had positive experiences in their relationships. And for singles, they started to value their close networks, their very close friends, um, maybe their closest colleagues, and then prioritizing. And I think that's what really what we're seeing in the data, prioritizing, forming close romantic partnerships um, to not have to go through this kind of stuff without that, that type of intimate support.
1: Yeah. It's like a tribal kind of, you know, know. A very primitive attitude that we all have where yeah. it's like we lean on each other.
0: Yeah. And it's funny how like not being able to see people face to face and then like be close to people actually makes you crave it more and then it just reflects in your relationship Mm -hmm. yeah now that's what you want you don't uh, you don't want the hot girl anymore you want somebody who's like oh can i depend on them like can i actually have a bond with them
1: so it's yeah yeah, in terms of what we're looking for whenever we go on these like first or second dates yeah
2: exactly
1: so the the other the other thing that i i had these i've been having these conversations with my single girlfriends and i'm like you know especially this past summer. I thought it might be a tough time to find somebody who's willing to settle down because we've just been through this like massive lockdown, prolonged lockdown, and who is going to want to you know yeah. lock themselves down again in a in a long-term relationship. Just have fun and- so yeah, like the term fuckboy came into, you know, play <laughs> a lot. You know, this is going to be like the summer of fuckboys, like you know people who don't well, know what like they
0: like hot hot girl summer too. Yeah, exactly.
1: People who just don't take this this, you know, dating game seriously mm-hmm. and they're just looking to have a good time and maybe not commit. But is that something that that you saw as well, or you, you seem to be saying it's the opposite, where people are actually looking to find somebody who they can settle down with.
2: Yeah, and I and I love it because I think in many ways that's what we predicted, right? It was going to be the hot vac summer and the slutty summer, and the—and <laughs> um, I think there there was a period at which we saw this sort of um, sort of debauchery a little bit at the very start because it was just like, oh, we can be out again, we can see our friends again, we can go to a bar again. Um, but what we, what we see in the data, at least in our data, and I think in some of the other data sets is not really this, uh, you know, people were saying, is it gonna be like after the, the, um, the Spanish flu and there's gonna be the roaring 20s and- Right. Yeah. And we don't see that in the data. What we see is, so as one data point, for instance, that I really love is uh, 62% of all singles of every demographic say they're more interested in finding a meaningful, committed relationship um, than, than in the past. And when we look at the age generations, Right? This isn't something that um, you a lot of people suspect. Oh, maybe it's maybe that's older people because they what they've what we've they've been at higher risk. Turns out eighty-one percent of Gen Z and seventy-six percent of millennials say that they do not want to remain single for, over the next year. So there oh. really is only eleven percent of singles in our sample say they want to date casually. The rest wanna find
0: connection. Gen Z is uh... that's people
2: who are younger than us.
0: So yeah. what, what year are they born?
2: Uh, it depends on, on how you characterize it, but Gen Z are generally people in their sort of 20s. The
1: TikTok generation. So
0: the one that get offended by everything.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Gen Z. They want to be offended together. They want to be offended with somebody Cancels. else. Yeah.
0: Culture? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we even see that with current college generations, which some people are calling, you know, the Zoomers as a, um, with people who are quite young now. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the, their desire for connection is a lot different. I think about my, um, nieces who are you know on a college campus and they the first year that they were in these dorms that by themselves they couldn't really go out and they um you know yeah. they, you, we wore masks to stay safe but also we're a social mammal and not seeing people's facial expressions and and you know we when someone smiles that brings us joy in return because that's yeah. part of the way we communicate right um and it's just been such an interesting time for us psychologically and behaviorally a lot of people, uh, the The data really seems to support people leaning in towards close connection, close relationships, much more than casual sex or partying.
0: Yeah. You know when, um, I mean, you know about this, when uh, this year, like in the end of 2020, I got a, a virus from a mosquito that's called chikungunya, also oh. like similar to dengue. And then uh, in October, well, beginning of November, end of October is when I met. The girl that i was with and i started having um post-infectious really bad like rheumatoid arthritis symptoms that mm-hmm. i still have yeah. and it makes me think of what you said about the, the trauma because the fact that i had someone throughout all of it mm-hmm. that was just you know understanding helping out and like just helping me all that stuff i think it made my relationship with her so much deeper
1: yeah, yeah.
0: and it, it made the whole thing so easy it might right. be much easier than if I would have been single.
1: Because you think if you can weather this, you can weather anything.
0: And yeah. yeah, and you're just like, man, like this, you realize that it's really, really meaningful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence, really, that like I, I am now pregnant and living with <laughs> this guy who I met, you know, last September. I just think that I was, you know, in a place yeah. where like I was I was ready. We had, We had all been through.
0: So, yeah, already so a lot. much,
1: and then you know you find somebody who who you find is going to be supportive and yeah. will will be there for you in like your worst moments, your most uncertain moments, mm-hmm. and like you see the value in that. Yeah, and I you don't think we saw yet. the value in that yeah. until maybe this had happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. that I makes know. a lot of sense.
2: And I think that uh, I love the stories you're both sharing, because it really is thinking about people who can be there, who can be supportive. I think Julian used help the word someone who helped more than once is is th- that's exactly what I mean, how many of us three years ago uh, were dating someone and made a joke of like, well, you know, will they really be there if I need them? Well, we all need mm-hmm. someone this last year. It was. Yeah. The test. And um, I think that. That finding that finding that person that will stay there that is committed that will support and the the interesting thing in the behavioral science literature is that that's sexy right we don't often think of it we often think of like you know oh they're going to help and that's you know but I want someone who's going to get me excited and go dancing but what really turns us on what turns the human brain on is that sense of commitment and trust and communication that's sexy to us
1: i have to say that is that is something and jared and i my boyfriend just had this conversation like a couple of days ago i said you know he's been talking about you're in the entertainment industry and like you know you you're around hot guys all the time Mm -hmm. i said yeah but what you have to understand is what i'm looking for what i see value in now and this has only changed really maybe over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. um is somebody who's responsible and loyal and dedicated and and all those you know things that that make for a long term partnership trustworthy, you know pe- someone who I can communicate with and not not judgmental, compassionate. All those deeper, deeper things that yeah. maybe I hadn't seen before.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think and I think what's interesting is Jen, what you're describing is. What a lot of us uh, have had in our own lives, but what we're really seeing in the data is this focus on getting to know partners, um, yeah. and getting to know that stuff, to learn that stuff from someone. So in our, uh, in our study this year, in the, in the Singles in America study with Match from this year, only about seven out of 10 people said that they um, wanted to have sex before the first date. So, I'm sorry, only less than, seven out of 10 said they wanted to wait more than the third date before having sex. So yeah. majority, majority of people are saying, I really want to get to know a partner. The numbers on things like hookups and casual sex are down, both in terms of the interest in it and the actual behavior. I spent the first part of my career writing about casual sex and how people kind of experience hookup culture and behavior and what when it turned into relationships, when it didn't, how the, the psychological yeah. outcomes. What's remarkable for me is after writing about it for so many years and studying it for so many years, now to have this data where people are saying, oh, I'm really not not that interested in things like I'm interested in more, you know, the, the three day, the three date rule is back and getting to know people. Um, so because think,
0: like they don't want to waste their time, then it, it doesn't have anything. Because
1: no, you're trying to you're trying to figure out if this person yeah, is going to be actually a long term partner. Could be actually long-term, but like, also,
0: them- could it could it could have been also influenced by just general fear of catching covid?
2: I think so. I think that's part of it, uh, that it's, we all recognize that the more partners you have, the more sort of exposed you are. And I think it's not just COVID. I think we, a lot of us think, like, I I haven't stopped using gloves when I put gas in my car, right? And it's like, I think it's not just COVID. It's just, I think like, oh, there's so much Garbage. On now, now we're just hyper aware yeah, of the ge-
1: how Yeah, the germs dirty. everywhere. And, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, and I think we're just more aware of thinking about things like not just sexually transmitted infections, but other kind of and and to what end, right? Now there are certainly still people in our samples and others that are having lots of casual sex. They're enjoying it. They're finding ways to do it safely. But a lot of people are asking themselves, "To what end? If I'm going to go out and hook up, what's the end goal? Mm. Yeah, is that stopping me from having meaningful connections?" And the bottom line is there's only so many hours in the day. And if you're focusing your energy and your sort of emotional and psychological energy on, on getting ready for hookups and casual sex, and, and that can be, you don't realize the degree to which that can prevent you from forming meaningful connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also the, it prevents you from, you know, the thing about courtship is it's always a two-way dance. It's what you're putting out on what you're trying to get and what other people are receiving from you, what they're learning from you. If they see you out and just hooking up, Well, they're going to be less interested because they say you don't have time. You're busy doing that. And you very well are picking up pathogens from all the people you made out with last week.
1: Right. Yeah. I've heard my girlfriend say that, too. Like, if he's just going to hook up with me for one night, what else is he doing with other people? And now I'm going to catch something from him.
0: But isn't there isn't there? Okay, so I understand from like the, the pathogen standpoint, but there's also this isn't this thing, though, about like, oh, my God, like, you know, he has he she has all these options, but that's the one I want. There's also this thing, no, like this kind of like I can't get him or get her, and
1: oh, you mean like a competition? Yeah, or, or... I, I
0: feel I feel like I've I've heard I'm I only mostly heard like from a woman's standpoint that like like guys usually if a girl has a lot of partners and she's kind of out and about they don't want it, but like I've I've heard that girls like oh the fact that he is not that into it makes them want him to more harder and, and try and harder and more. be like I can grab him I can change him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's there's So it goes a
0: bit both ways though.
1: But I also think it's like you're heaping trauma on trauma like that we've been through so much like over the last like year and a half why would you It's also exhausting like the whole uh, yeah. idea of dating it, it, itself outside of a pandemic is exhausting but then you know you add we've we've just like we don't have the bandwidth anymore I think to go out and try all these new different personalities. Yeah.
0: I could see how it just <laughs> removes the whole, like you, you have less less time for bullshit.
2: Yeah, this less time like, for
1: bullshit. That's exactly, I think that's yeah. that's part of it too. I don't know, would
2: you agree? No, absolutely. I think that people are prioritizing their time. They wanna be, they're, they're, we're being cautious. It's what my colleague, Helen Fisher and I um, have written about in, in terms of what we call slow love. Helen coined this term slow love. It's that people are spending more time getting to know partners today um they want to you know for our parents generation and our grand- grandparents generation marriage was the the um the often the start of a close relationship you maybe didn't date very long you got married um and then you started to build a life and get to know each other together family. yeah that's true for our generation we think of it as the finale right we we want to do it after you know everything about someone before you yeah. even think about it, it
0: makes more sense to me that way
2: what <laughs> that marriage is the grand finale
0: yeah mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: from, from where, from our generational standpoint, sure. Yeah. Um, Because
0: imagine, you know, you you just, you get married to somebody and then you, you, you have to like get to know them and then you realized, Oh, this is not for me.
1: Yeah. I do think something culturally is, has changed big time. But
0: also Uh, I guess in back in the day, like if you had to just stick with it. Yeah. There
1: was that, there was that whole attitude of like, just, just, hunker down and oh, and no miserable. matter what in sickness that's and health miserable. and mm-hmm. you know you just you made your decision like now you're gonna stick with it and I just think that culturally now that's so different where now it's like if it doesn't work out everyone's talking about their own failures and their own setbacks and divorces and separations and whatever it might be and their own feelings. We're way more comfortable now talking about our feelings yeah. <laughs> than we ever were During even our parents' generation,
2: yeah, and I think that's the part that's going to be really interesting as we watch over the next few years and decades. And is it have we just seen have we have we all watched this sort of major shift in the way that we talk about our emotional well being, the way we support ourselves and each other, and what we look Mm -hmm. for um, in partners? Is this idea of someone who um, can sort of uh, support us or help help us be our best selves? It's a sort of interesting moment.
1: So do you think this means we're evolving as oh. a single culture?
0: <laughs> well it seems like we're going back to mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but just because you're going back doesn't mean you're not evolving. I think I feel like mm-hmm. it, over the last, you know, few years or you know, since like the the evolution of apps and the emergence of, of dating apps and everything, I think we've taken a colossal step back when it comes to the way we're able to relate to each other. This, I think, is a lot more mature yeah. and, uh, and sophisticated, even though it's something, it's kind of like an anachronism, right? Like we're, we're kind of taking things back to how it used to be a little bit.
2: Yeah, and I think there's a lot, absolutely, you're absolutely right. And I think, but it's a mix, right? So we know that apps and websites are now the most common way for singles to meet a partner mm-hmm. um, and a, a romantic partner. But what a lot of people described on those platforms was difficulty really getting to know someone. Yeah. Well, what happened in the last year is because in part because mostly because of the pandemic, almost all of the major dating apps now have a video chat feature. And yeah. what we see in video chat is that really high numbers of people use it and actually not only high numbers of use it. and. In our data, more than half have said they've fallen in love with someone over a video chat. Wow. And I wow. think that's, you know, so technologies are, on the one hand, they're they're problematic and they're difficult. On the other hand, they're enabling us to connect, and it's an opportunity. Um, they come with challenges, but I think it's also, that's changing. Like, I'm convinced, actually, that video dating is a new part of the courtship process, and of it's going to stay.
0: Yeah, we, we, uh, we actually did an episode about an app that's just about that. But I, I, and I also feel it has to do something with the generation because I've heard multiple times, and I think it's Gen Z, mm-hmm. that it is now for their, um, how do we call that? Their, their, uh, for that group of people, not being on Instagram is now cool. Not having. I was an I was hoping of.
1: that we would get to that place. So frankly. maybe
0: it's also them being like, okay, this whole millennial hookup, we're on Instagram, and this is not what we want, right?
1: Yeah, and it, if, it well, it's you, like record players. Yeah, so. <laughs> vinyl's cool again. How <laughs> it's like, you know, in person is cool again. Being able to communicate face to face is cool again. And like, you know, getting yourself off of the apps or or not apps, but like, you know, just getting yourself off of digital uh, is going to be cool again. And, and,
0: and that and that could make sense then because you, you so. have you have a rise in, in in people wanted a deeper connection plus people being over the apps and over social media and I guess it could explain also why they're they're wanting deeper connection like it,
2: mm-hmm. you can see that yeah and I think the degree I mean what's interesting is the degree to which we use technology to get access to information um, is is totally new for for the human animal but um, and the way we can kind of understand the world around us, navigate it, navigate the world and communicate with people. Exactly to your point though, the issue is, are we using those same technologies to sort of be a bonus for our social behavior mm-hmm. or to replace it? And when we're using it for social interaction, we see in this, like in other studies, there's been reports of young people in particular suffering from pretty high rates of depression, yeah. psychological loneliness. Yeah. Um, part of that is probably we don't, you know, as part of being a social mammal, we occasionally like to touch, we hug, we, we kiss, we um, want to hear people's voice in person and see people and smell people. And that's a legacy I don't think we'll shake anytime soon. Um, so the, what we're learning, exactly as you're both saying, I think is learning these how to use these technologies to leverage the technologies to amplify our lives, but not to replace that social interaction. Study mm-hmm. after study shows it really isn't a good replacement for that close, you know, that face-to-face interaction.
0: Or how do you make sure that happened? Like, you know, what's the factor that says it? You don't want because to
1: be too reliant on it, I guess.
0: Because yeah. it seems like sometimes you're like, oh, man, technology is going to ruin our, ruin us, our you know, like species. And then it seems like also we're smart enough to know how to use it. But then you're like, oh, no, actually, we're not. Because now more and more people are depressed. But then you're like, oh, no, but look, because now we're finding ways to connect uh, through video. So it's like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's finding that balance, right? So on the one hand, I could go on an app and say, hey, let's go to a movie tonight. I just found a movie and here's the theater and I ordered the tickets and, and I just did it all on my phone in the last three minutes. Yeah. So we can do that. But then the question becomes, then are we going to go to dinner and a movie and and not be buried in your phone during the dinner? So mm-hmm. finding that balance of using it to help our lives and maybe even finding fun activities that we, you can do with people, but not to fully replace it... Um, that's the challenge. I don't think, I mean, everyone's really st- still trying to figure trying out how to yeah. do it. You know? it's still, and so I think it's up
1: to the individual, yeah. too, because there's a responsible way of using every piece of technology. You just, you have to set limits for yourself and figure out what a healthy way of you using it is.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think particularly for people who are single or in new relationships, using those technologies to do things like, you know, texting good morning or sending or here's an article that made me think of you. That that That's a more thoughtful engagement. Yeah. And, um, you know, it shows that I was thinking about you. I read this. It made me think about what you do for work or what you're interested in. And right. to, to, to use them to really make a, a meaningful connection with someone.
0: I don't send articles, but I send TikToks.
1: Yeah, perfect. So this completely, completely different. <laughs> yeah,
2: really? you learn a lot from TikToks too. You
0: know? Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah. But it's like, what do you think? What What did you think I was gonna say?
1: I thought you were gonna say TikToks or like so, something oh, like dick dick something Picks. like so I thought no, instead I'm of never, a it was gonna come out like a dick, no, and I was like, I don't I'm, know I'm,
0: where he's going. I always thought the
2: COVID glow up. No more TikToks. I no, I never like liked,
1: liked
0: those. I never liked those. I always thought that guys' nudes are hideous. Compared no, to it's, it's yeah, compared to women's nudes.
1: it's like a it's,
0: it's, like it's kind a, of like, it's like boom, looking at a picture of like a mushroom. Like, like, you know, like okay, like, like, there like there all right,
1: is. okay, I got it, I got it. You have one, thank you.
0: Because and so you got you like you know you know like you know how to make it sexy. Well, the as female a, as
1: body. This is like this is a, such yeah. a Seinfeld uh-huh. quote, but it's like Elaine back in the day. She said she was like you know the female body. It's a work of art. The male body. It's utilitarian. It's oh, getting around. Wow. It's
2: like a jeep. and i think how we how we display them and what they offer right it's yeah um, exactly yeah yeah no for sure
1: but i digress um (laughs) so yeah i mean i i feel like that's to me that's the biggest surprise is is knowing that people are now looking for meaningful relationships after being locked down uh so cuffing season Mm -hmm. has turned into cuffing i don't know it's like a new era I think.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, it
1: sticks. yeah. Hopefully it lasts. Do you think it's going to last or what, what do you think? Where do you I see things going?
2: So, I mean, I think I think the the way people are using technology is different. So I think more people are saying that they're using like in among singles, at least that are dating. They're using tech to try and do vibe checks with a partner, um, you know, trying to see even using video to get a sense of whether we can go on more dates. All the signs point to people really, f- at least among singles, more than 100 million of them in the United States focusing more on connecting and those connections. I don't think sex, I mean, people aren't going to stop having casual sex, no. particularly younger people, um, but but also older people, people moving out of relationships. I, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think infidelity is going to change. There's a whole lot of aspects of our sexual lives that probably, the numbers might wax and wane as they always have throughout history. Yeah. Um, but I think we're seeing a moment of a little bit more focus on, on commitment. And, and in some ways, I think, Jen, what you were saying before was, You know, it kind of felt like we were in this hookup generation or moment that there was a little bit of paranoia around it. Um, I think that's sort of passing. I think what's going to be interesting is 20 years from now, we're going to say there was this moment um, that that came and went. It might come again, but.
0: I'm seeing So you're hopeful. It seems like you're hopeful then. Yeah, Yeah. I'm
2: very optimistic. I'm optimistic about the state of relationships. I think I mean, I think even the way that the technologies have advanced to make it easier to connect and learn more. Um, I mean, even a lot of the as the
1: as our dating habits are evolving, so are the the dating apps. Yeah, Yeah. we're shifting toward video and like that interpersonal connection.
2: Yeah. And they have clients that they have to. You know, I think there's often a sense that the apps want you to stay on them forever. Uh, At least in my experience working with with the folks at Match, the goal is really to have a platform that helps people connect, and then they do their thing. They do what the human brain does, as as try and form a relationship. Um, It's sort of not good for business to be on it all the time. They want to be able to demonstrate that you make a connection. Yeah. Um, And the more that that happens, but uh, there's always going to be people who are single (laughs) at any time. But... It's not just, I mean, it's the video chats, but also just being more thoughtfully engaged. So we know a lot of them now might give you a short menu of, you know, your top picks for the day, um, getting you to read those profiles more carefully. That's all trying to make the human brain slow down a little bit, because we yeah. know that part of the problem with the technologies is too much information, too much data, yeah. and people have a hard time choosing. Sometimes what we call cognitive overload, you have too many choices, mm-hmm. you have a hard time choosing.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that can become its own addiction, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, so swiping culture can become an addiction.
2: Yeah, Double- it's funny
1: there was a baby name app that I that I signed up for, and it's it's based on swiping. <laughs> so you you sign up for it, your partner signs up for it, and if you if you're a match, that it goes into oh. you guys both heart each other They're the That's name. Cool though, and it goes into a queue. So that just goes to show you, yeah, swipe culture is real, but. Man, Dr. Garcia, yeah. you're always a wealth of information. It's fascinating to talk to you about this stuff. You're absolutely, the, you and the work that you do are brilliant at the Kinsey Institute, let me tell you.
2: Thanks so much. Well, it's great. I always enjoy seeing you both and, and getting to talk about this stuff. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot happening in our romantic and sexual lives. Yeah, uh,
1: and we're going to have you back on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously Kinsey's become like a huge resource for us. And, and every single time we, sure. we learn something new and fascinating. So thank
2: you for being a part of it.
0: Well, uh, yes. where can we uh, where can we find you then online for people that want to know more? Or?
2: Sure. So my my personal handles are Dr. Justin Garcia on Instagram and Twitter. And then uh, I encourage folks also to look at the Kinsey Institute on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we've also been doing a lot more on our Instagram with posting about uh, we do a research brief once a week from one of our studies. So the Kinsey faculty published, a, a, you know, well over 100 articles a year, academic articles, and we try and make that. Um, understandable to people of different backgrounds. You don't have to be mm-hmm. a scientist to know what we do in our labs. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also the Kinsey collection has a large amount of erotic artwork, and we've been putting um, a piece from our uh, collection on Instagram every Wednesday. So we have called Art Wednesday. Oh, oh I love that! that. I that. That's great. And, and actually, Julian coming up soon as a French, is wonderful French photographer. We have. In our collection, I'm I'm trying to push our curator to post. Really? Yeah. So what's his name? Um uh, her name's Bettina Reams, and uh it's oh, really I beautiful pieces. I'll, I'll text you one. Anyway, oh yeah,
0: love absolutely. That. Love to see that.
1: <laughs> love that. Great. All well, right. Thank you both. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Yeah,
0: thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks. Bye. 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 That was great. Yeah. That was great. Every fun. every single time it comes on, I always learn something new. I know. And it gives me hope. Are you are you hopeful after having this conversation?
0: Honestly, I am. I think so. I, I, I am. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I think it says that we've evolved. We're we're evolving as a dating culture, and and hopefully that'll that'll lead to even better things, like maybe the divorce rate declining, and, and you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, no, for sure.
1: Well, as always, if you have any questions, DM X Appeal Podcast. Yep. On Instagram, and we will see you next week. See you next week.
0: A Huda Media Production.